So glad you're here. If you're watching online, we're so glad that you have stopped and are listening and joining us for this service. Today, we invite you forever in our area, come and stop in, worship with us. We love to see your smiling face and to meet you personally. It's one thing to watch online, but it's on a whole nother level to be here in the house, and we invite you to join us in the house. Now, today, we're going to continue our series, A Faith Walk. How many know we walk by, not by, one more time, we walk by faith and not by sight. It's the theme of what we're studying as we're learning to walk this faith walk in our life. Faith produces spiritual maturity. And we won't have spiritual maturity without faith. Faith stretches us, faith grows us, and it causes us not to walk by everything we see. That's what we're conditioned. We walk by what we see, we react by what we see. But when I walk by faith, it says, I see things you can't see. Nah, 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 nah. I see, I see God move even when nobody else sees it. I see God answering prayer when nobody else sees it. I see God restoring my marriage when nobody else can believe that. I see God healing my body when doctors say there is no way. I see God restoring my children when my children are lost. I see God bringing home prodigal sons when they look like they're far away. Come on now, this house is full of prodigal children today who returned home, and God wants to do the same for your children as well today. I want you to know God wants us to learn to walk in faith, not by sight. Have you ever tried to open up a box? You bought some furniture and it came in a box, and you're like, wait, this isn't the picture. But when they ship it, they ship it in the box. And then you open it up, and it's hundreds of pieces there. And if you're a dad, you're like, I'm not reading the instructions. I can do this. Uh, uh, uh. I can do this. Honey, bring me my tools. And we, we start getting into it, and it takes us all night. But we get it put together, and it stands up. You're like, that is not straight. That is not even. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sleep on that. I wouldn't sit on that. I wouldn't place anything of weight in there because we know there's something off. And then finally we're like, all right, we got to take it all apart. And we pull out the instructions and we go step A, step B, step C. And finally we go, oh, that's what I messed up. That's what I, that's the shortcut. I thought I was going by what I see. I was going by the picture. I was putting it together by what I see and not by the instructions that were provided. We're great at doing that. Holy moly, my, my, my wife, she doesn't do this anymore because she knows me, but my daughter, she decided a while back she was going to redecorate her room, and so she started ordering all this furniture off of like Amazon and other places, on, and they were bringing it to her house, and every day it was like, boxes of furniture showing up. I'm like, who's going to put this together? <laughs> I thought you would, Dad. I'm like, you know, I don't mind putting like one or two of these pieces together, but man, you got like every one of these pieces takes like a whole night. You don't understand. This is like a big job. Uh, this isn't just me sitting down in 15 minutes and put this together. This is going to take a while. This could be like a two movie project. It's going to take a while. And then it's like, no, don't quit ordering. Quit, quit ordering all these things. It's cheaper that way. Yeah, I'll pay the difference. We'll buy it already assembled. I'll get it delivered. Because I, I don't want to spend the next five hours putting this thing together. I'll pay the difference, honey.
today, let's go back to a, a time when somebody had to follow some hard instructions. We're going to talk about Noah. Talk about some amazing instructions that God asked him to follow. Hebrews 11 is our text. Let's go back to verse 7. Now, we're in verse 7. It was by what? Faith that Noah. Say it together. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before by his faith, Noah's faith. It condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. God looked at the earth and said, man, these people are wicked. None of them are following the pattern, the instructions I set out. I gave instructions on how to live your life, how to worship the Lord, how to put God first, but instead they're doing their own thing. They think they have a better system. They think they can build God's made of hands. They can worship the God of this. They have got it all wrong. They have become wicked in their heart. So I'm going to wipe out one. If I can't find them all, I'm going to wipe the whole thing out. It says he looked across the earth and he only found one who was righteous and that was Noah. And Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord because he learned to walk in faith. It was his faith that saved him and his family. He only found one person to consider righteous, and it was Noah. And when you study Noah's life, it wasn't like Noah was just perfect. He, wasn't, he had a lot of blemishes. He had a lot of shortcomings and failures. He was not a perfect guy, but his faith set him apart. It was his faith that set him apart as a righteous person that God said, I want to spare him. I want to rebuild with him and his family. I'm going to use him to go what I want to do and set the pattern for what I want to set. Noah was far from perfect, but he did walk close to the Lord. Noah walked this close walk with the Lord. Just like Enoch last week, Noah had a close daily walk with God. Can you imagine this story? Noah is visiting with God, talking to God, and God says, Noah, hey, I'm going to destroy the world. I can't find anybody righteous but you. So I want you to build an ark, and I'm going to send the rain, and I'm going to destroy the earth with a flood, and I'm going to send the animals of all kind to come to you two by two, and you're going to build this massive ark that's going to house them and protect them and protect you and your family. Can you imagine the dinner table that night as Noah sits around his family and says, hey, how'd you guys do? Good, good. Well, I talked to God today. Yeah, that's cool, Dad. What did God say? Well, he says he's going to cause it to rain. Cool. What's rain, Dad? I don't know. Well, Dad, uh, what else did he say? He said he's going to destroy the whole earth with a flood. Wow. What's a flood, Dad? I don't know, but we're going to be saved because he's told me we're going to build an ark. Wow, that's awesome, Dad. What's an ark? They never had boats up until this time. There was no need for boats. They didn't have, they didn't have rain, and they didn't have floods. 
And so God was telling him, I want you, this is going to happen. I'm going to show you a way out. I'm going to give you instructions and you're going to follow my instructions and you and your family will be saved from the wrath of God and you're going to walk in the blessing of God because Noah, you have found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Listen, I don't care who you find grace with. If you don't have grace in the eyes of the Lord, you're missing it. Quit worrying about finding grace from your job, finding grace from people around you, finding grace on social media, finding grace from your neighbor, even finding grace from mom and dad. I want you to find grace in the eyes of the Lord. That's where it's at. Are you finding grace in the eyes of the Lord? Is God looking at you as righteous? Do you hear his voice? Imagine what must have happened. Noah will spend the next hundred plus years of his life building this amazing ark by hand. Just him and his three sons. He spent the next hundred years of his life growing up as a builder. He, he didn't know how to build, but God taught him along the way. God used him along the way. Let me ask you a challenging question today. Are you growing up or are you growing old? All of us are growing older. The question is, are we growing up? Are we maturing in our faith? Are we maturing in what God has called us to be and to do? Are you just growing old? For some of us here, we've been stuck at the faith level. We've been stuck at the same faith level for years. And I believe today God wants to challenge you to, to up your faith level. God wants to challenge you to take your faith to a new level. God wants you to challenge you to trust him in a new level. Why? Because he wants to grow my faith. It's what he wants to do. Spiritual growth and maturity has nothing to do with physical age. It has everything to do with faith level. You could be saved for a few months, but if you're operating at a high faith level, you're becoming spiritually mature fast. God is using you. And maybe you've been saved for decades, but you haven't used any more faith than you did decades ago. Growing old, but you're not growing in your faith. You're not growing up. So how do I know? Let me give you three levels of faith I think will challenge you today. All of us are probably right here in one of these three areas. The first level of faith is a hollow faith. A hollow faith. It's a shallow, empty faith. I believe in God. I believe there's something bigger out there. I just don't know. I just don't know the details. And it just kind of stops. I believe a God is out there. I believe there's something bigger than me, but my belief kind of stops there. It's a very shallow, a very hollow faith. James 2.19 says it about this. This kind of faith is like this. You say you have faith. Will you believe that there is one God, golf clap, good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. It's not enough just to believe there's a God out there. It's not enough just to believe there's something bigger in the universe. God wants you to acknowledge that, yes, there is a creator. Yes, there is something bigger than me. But it, if I believe that, then it demands a response from me that says, if he is the one in charge, then I must learn to surrender my life to his will. 
I give up my will to him. God, what do you want to do in my life? It demands a response. And it's not a shallow response. It's not a hollow response. It takes us to the next step. The next step of faith is the faith level of firm faith. Many people, you have a firm faith. Man, it's solid. I believe that only is God out there. I believe he sent his son, Jesus. I believe a firm faith is a strong faith. It's a deep faith and understanding what Jesus did on the cross for me. I have accepted Jesus. I am living my life for Jesus. I am committed to Jesus. I'm committed to what he did to me because of the cross. It's a d- d- devotion to him. Your are devout faith. Yeah, I'm devoted, Pastor. I'm not leaving Jesus. That's great. It's called a firm faith for a reason. You're firm on your foundation. But I want to challenge you, if you have a firm faith, I want you to level up. I want you to take that firm faith to a new level, to a higher level. And the level I'm going to call it is the effective level. I want you to level up from a firm faith to a effective faith. This is a faith that overflows the love of God out of my life. God's love overflows out of me all the time. And it affects everybody I come in contact with. They're affected because my faith is leveling up. It overflows out of me and God pours out of me. When I go to work, I affect the atmosphere. When I go to the store, I affect the atmosphere. When I go to my school and my university, I affect the atmosphere. When I walk into my home, I affect the atmosphere. Why? Because there's a faith in me. It's not just a firm faith. It's an overflowing faith that says, God, I walk by faith and not by sight. I walk into a higher dimension than what God is calling me to live my life in. It's an overflowing faith. It's an effective faith. It affects all those who I come in contact with. Can you imagine a walk with God so close that it's an effective faith, that it affects the atmosphere? You can have that. It's just not for the people in Scripture. You and I can have this kind of faith that when we walk in, we affect the atmosphere. The enemy should be trembling when you walk in. The enemy should be scared when you walk in. All right, there's a different faith level showing up. There's a different attitude showing up. When you show up for your job, they say, oh man, all right, things are about to get better here. Here comes Mr. Sunshine. Here comes Mrs. Sunshine. They're bringing a new perspective. They're bringing a different attitude to this job. They're bringing a joy to what they do. They, they love people. They smile. It's contagious. They make this room better. They make us all better employers, employer, better employees. They make things better because you have an effective faith is affecting people around you. So so how do we do this? Well, we do this by, first of all, how do we live this out? We find the right supplier. Find the right supplier. Have you ever had a problem and try to fix it on your own at home? When I say problem, have you ever had a pipe break? You ever had something go out on the fridge? You ever had the dryer stop dry? And the husband's like, honey, I got this. You're looking at the man of the hour. And he goes in there and Googles it and tries to figure out what's going on, taking things apart. He runs down to the local hardware store, grabs what he needs, comes back. It's the wrong size. He goes back and gets something different, only realizes he should have got this instead. He goes back, 
And he spends six trips going back and forth trying to get what he needs. And he fixed the problem only to realize he fixed the wrong thing. And that was really not the problem. Then finally you're like, just honey, just call a professional. And you call a professional and goes, yep, here's the problem. He's in and out in 15 minutes, has it fixed. And you spent more time and money trying to fix what he charged you to fix the original problem. See, we got to understand something. We, we try to fix everything in our life. We try to fix our own problems. We try to fix our own marriage. We try to fix our own family. We try to fix our own mind. We try to fix all these things ourselves. And we got to understand, we got to go to the person who says, I shall supply all of your needs. I don't have to go to somebody else for my resources. God is my resource. God is my supplier. God is have all that I need if I'll just humble myself and seek after him. Can you imagine how Noah must have felt when God lays out these amazing plans? Can you imagine this? Just kind of put yourself in Noah's shoes. This is just a paraphrase that we see here of what God told him in Genesis 6, 14 through 16. God told Noah this. He said, build a large boat with cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct the decks and the stalls throughout the interior. Make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Leave an 18-inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Put the door on the side. Build three decks inside the boat, the lower deck, the middle deck, and the upper deck. Now, this is just the dimensions. This, the Bible is just giving us a paraphrase. Remember, he spent 100 years, over 100 years, building this thing by hand. It, the plans were a lot more detailed than what we have time to read today. But God began to give it to him. And as he says, I'm going to do this, God told him exactly how to build this out. God told him exactly how to see this built. Notice the instructions. All this happened. The doors on the side. This is where I want you to put the decks. This is how big I want you to make it. Where did he say to put the steering wheel? I didn't read that. Did you read anything about a steering wheel? No. Why? Because God doesn't expect me to steer the boat. God is in charge of steering my boat. God's in charge of steering the things I build for him. It's God. It's God. See, the boat, was. we see this in size. When you look at the dynamics of this, the size of it, it had been about the half the size of the Titanic. So you're talking about one man and three of his sons built a boat out of wood. That size? Wow. That only, and there was nothing that had ever been built like this before. Only that can come from God. Only God can give that kind of knowledge. Only God can give the dimensions of something that has never been built for a reason. They have no idea what that is. They just know it's judgment of God. Don't want to experience it. We're going to obey what God has us to do. They built it over 100 years. But this is why Noah and his family was saved. They were saved because of Noah's faith. I'm sure his sons are like, Dad, you're probably crazy. But you know what? We know you hear from God. And if you say you heard from God, we're going to trust you, Dad. We're going to follow your example. If you're going to be out there working, we'll be out there working. If God told you to do it, we'll be out there helping you, Dad. And they begin to work, and it says that in the end, his three sons and their wife and their families were all saved 
because of Noah's faith. And their faith allowed them to trust that dad had heard from God. Let me just kind of, can you imagine this happening? And what would you say to God? I mean, just, if I read this, I'm like, God, but what about this? How am I going to get this? How's this going to happen? I mean, all the things that question your mind, like, how in the world do you make this wood arch? And how do you, how do you get this to work just right? Let me ask you this. We, we are good at questioning God, but we're not very good at trusting God. We've become expert at questioning God. God, are you sure? God, why do you want me to do this? God, why do I have to do this? God, why do you want me to do this? And we question God all the time. God, do you know what you're doing? God, is your timing even going to happen? God, God, we question God all the time, but we struggle with trusting God. That's where the struggle's at. Noah trusted the Lord. When it didn't make any sense, Noah trusted the Lord. God was the ultimate supplier. Why? Because he is both the promise and the power. God has the authority to make the promise and he has the power to back it up. He makes the promise and he provides the blessing. He gives you the instructions and he provides the supplies. He gives you the resources to do what he's asked you to do. He just needs you to step out in faith. I mean, if, if Noah would have put the math together and be like the man hours and the price it's going to cost, there's no way I could ever do this. I guarantee you had no idea on that first week how long it was actually going to take them to finish this project. But they get going, and he did it by faith. And as he did it by faith, God made sure he had everything he needed to do exactly as the instructions said. And he did it according to the instructions God had laid out for him. Have you learned to really trust the Lord? Or do you doubt? Do you trust when you're tired, you're emotionally drained, you're weary in your body? Do you really trust if I come unto the Lord, all ye who are weary and tired, that he will give me rest? Do, do I really believe that? Do I, do I really go to him when I'm really tired and receive his rest? When you're overwhelmed with fear and anxiety, do you really believe you can go and cast all of your worries and fears upon the Lord, all your cares upon God? Because he really cares for you and he wants to take our burden and carry it for us and to give him, he wants to give us his burden, which is light. Do you really believe that? That's faith. What calls you to do what he calls you to do, he will empower you to do. What God asks you to do, God will fund. What God asks you to do, he will open the door. What God asks you to do, he will fill. What God asks you to do, he will supply. He just needs someone who says, I'm willing to say yes, God. I'm willing to believe you for the impossible. So how do we do that? We, we, second part is we need to follow the instructions, right? Follow. Come on, everybody look at your dad or your husband and say, follow the instructions. We gotta learn to follow the instructions. Look at Genesis 6, 22. So Noah did everything almost as God had commanded him, right? No, let's read it together. So Noah did everything 
exactly as God had commanded him. Exactly. He did things exactly the way God had commanded him. God, Noah obeyed God's commands even when the world thought he was crazy. They began to mock him. Dude, what is rain? What is a flood? What are you building? Why do you need a boat? Why do you need this? You are crazy. You're spending all your time doing this with your family. We're all out here having fun, and you're out here building this boat day after day and year after year. For what? Dude, you've lost it. You're out of touch. Noah, someone get Noah some help. He's lost it. He's delusional. And he had to, year for year, had to have people and society tell him exactly how he was missing it. But let me tell you, when they got on that boat and God shut the door and the rain began to come, I can tell you there was never an ounce of regret that Noah had that him and his family were safe from the coming judgment of God because as for me in my house... As for me and my house, we're going to follow what God says. And because he followed by faith what God says, even when nobody else was following it, his family was saved. Listen, today we got too many people in the church who are following what society says. Pastor, maybe we're losing touch. Pastor, maybe we don't have to follow everything the Bible says. Pastor, we need to fold to this and we need to fold to that. No, 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 no. We stay true to the whole word of God. There is our safety. There is our shelter. And even if the world rejects that, we say, no, as for me and my house, we're going to follow the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to build our house upon the strong foundation. And when the winds come and the rains come, and they will and they have, we will remain. We will stand strong because we believe that God is the foundation. It doesn't make a difference if nobody else at your work believes, if nobody else at your university believes. It doesn't make a difference if nobody at your school believes, nobody else in your family believes. You believe and you stay strong to what you believe. Why? Because your children need to be saved. Because you have not just saving your life, you're saving your family and your families and your kids' kids. He looked crazy to everybody else. Listen, I don't need favor with the world. I need favor with God. Quit worrying about getting favor with the world and worry about, God, do you look at me and say, I have found favor in your eyes. God, do you look at me and say, I have found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God, do you look at me and say, I have a heart. That's not perfect. Noah wasn't perfect. Plenty of mistakes there. But he had a heart to do what God asked him to do. He had a heart to move in faith and follow exactly what God had asked him to do. Didn't let the world dictate what he was going to do. He didn't let Twitter influence how he was going to raise his family. Didn't let Facebook tell him how he was out of touch. He said, no, I'm going to follow what God has asked me to do. Even if you feel like you're the only one, do your part and believe and follow the instructions exactly as God has said. 2 Peter 1, 5 and 7. I love this. If you want to know how to grow in your faith from a, a firm foundation to a overflow and effective, affecting everywhere, 
This is how you do it. I want you to write this down, okay? I want you to go back and I want you to read this every day this week. I want you to meditate on this scripture every day this week, Destiny. 2 Peter 1, 5 through 7. It gives us seven things here that when we do these things, it will grow and produce much fruit in our life and raise us from a firm faith to an effective faith. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. And look what it says. Supplement your faith. All right, add to your faith. Have faith, and I want you to add this into your faith. I want you to pour this into the whole shake and drink it. This is what I want you to do. Add to your faith a generous provision of these things. Moral excellence. He goes, I want you to learn to walk moral excellence in your community. I want people to see you as a moral person who has great morals and values. Walk in moral excellence. If you do that, then moral excellence will lead to knowledge. He goes, I want you to learn to walk in knowledge of who God is. I want you to understand what his word says. I want you to grow in knowledge. If you do that, then knowledge will lead to self-control. I want you to have self-control. Learn to have self-control. Learn to hold your tongue. Learn to control your words. Learn to control your actions and reactions. Learn to have self-control. And self-control will lead to a patient endurance. You'll, you'll make it through. You'll be patiently enduring. Even the hardest season, you will make it through because you've got a patience of endurance. And this leads to what? A godliness where you can pray and read the word. You can fast and you can see God doing something great. There's a new godliness that's coming out of you. And as you spend time close to God, it's going to lead to a brotherly affection. There, you're going to have love for your brothers and sisters in the Lord. There, you'll serve one another. There, you'll learn to serve the local church. There, you'll learn to serve the people that God has brought together. You have an affection one for another. And this brotherly affection, it will lead to a love for everyone. See, it's a chain reaction. These seven things, I want you reading it this week and say, God, Help me to move in these things. God, help me to grow from a firm faith to an effective faith. Follow God's instructions today. And then he will reveal his purpose tomorrow. Stop waiting. Let me get my purpose. Let me get my purpose. Let me get a true sight of what my ultimate purpose is. And start serving in faith today. Stop walking in faith today. Start walking in a higher faith level today and that will lead you to your purpose tomorrow. I've seen too many people wait around all their life for a purpose that never showed up because I never stepped out in faith. Step out every day in the small things in your life. Step out every day and serve God in the small ways. Do the small things every day. What's that mean? That means you serve God more than Sunday mornings. That means worship doesn't happen just on Sunday morning, but I'm making sure I'm getting worship throughout the week. That means I'm going to have times when my playlist goes into worship mode. I'm going to spend time reading the verse of the day, and I'm going to meditate on that. I'm going to, I'm going to learn what that means to serve God besides just Sundays, but walk it out every day. Noah's faith. And obedience didn't just save him. 
It saved his family. Get that deep in your heart. As we get ready to close today, you understand this, that his faith didn't just affect him and his wife. It affected his children. His children were saved because of his faith and obedience. Listen, your kids may not understand it all yet, but they're watching you, and they understand faith and obedience. I don't remember a lot growing up about certain things at church, but I remember faith and obedience. I remember watching my dad and my mom walk in faith and obedience. I remember how it impressed me that they were dedicated to God through the hardest of times. They were dedicated to the Lord. And we still face hard times, but my faith is not wavering because why? I've seen it. I've seen it. Faith in action. I know what God can do and I know what God does to those who stay faithful. Don't just stay faithful for you. Stay faithful for the next generation. They need saving. Parents, your faith affects your family. So let me close with this last question today. Whose boat are you building? Are you building your own boat? Or are you building the boat God has asked you to build? Nothing wrong with having my plans. Nothing wrong with having goals. Nothing wrong with, with having dreams. But all of those should be trumped by what is God's plan. God, what are you asking me to do? God, what do you want me to build first for my family? And if I'll build God's boat, he will build mine. If I'll build God's ark, he'll build my drink. And it'll just show up one day. You'll, you'll have your children serving in the house. And you'll have your children on fire for God. You'll have your children serving the Lord. And you go, oh, I see what you did there, God. I see what you did there. You took my faithfulness and you brought it all around. And now my family is serving. Now I understand as I get older, that was really what was important. It's not how much I leave them in the bank account. It's not how much property they can inherit. It's not all those things that we think are important and they have their place. But ultimately, are they going to serve the Lord? Will they miss the flood that's coming? Will they miss the judgment of God? Or will they be safe in the ark of God? Will they be carried through the storms of life and they'll get through it because they know what? My faith is in the Lord. Whose ark are you building today? Whose boat are you building? Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for your word which challenges us, corrects us. Thank you, Lord, for Noah's story. A man would believe you for such a big project, such a long project. But yet his testimony not only it's a testimony that saved his family, but it's a testimony that still lives today. It still moves us with faith today. It still encourages me to walk in deeper faith. God, today, whose, whose boat are we building? We're asking ourselves that question. Whose boat are you building? Your boat or God's boat? I promise you, you build God's boat and he'll build your boat. It'll happen. Today, if you're here as a pastor, I just, wow. I'm just feeling like God wants me to 
put a higher priority on following his instructions exactly. God's moving me today to walk in a deeper level of faith and to follow him and to quit worrying about everybody else and just worry about me and my family, putting our eyes on Jesus and walking this thing out on a deeper level of faith. If God's speaking to you today, just raise your hands. That's me, Pastor. Yeah, hands going up everywhere. That's me. Yeah, I'm going to invite us all to stand up across the room. As you stand up across the room, I want to pray for those who raised your hands. If you raised your hands, raise it up one more time. I want to pray for you that God's going to give an increase of faith to your life in the name of Jesus. Father, right now, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, I release a faith today. I pray the spirit of faith that Noah possessed will be passed on right now, Lord, to Destiny Church. That there will be fathers and mothers and young students who will rise up and follow exactly the instructions of the Lord. That God will say, we'll build your boat before we build our own boat. God will put you, all of our trust in you and your word. We won't listen to the naysayers. We won't listen to the, the people that are telling us we're missing it. And God, we will build our family and our church and our family and our church will stand upon the word of the Lord, the full word of God's we believe that today. God, I pray for increased faith right now. Right now, increased faith, God. Increased commitment. Increased faith, God, of what you say you're building. God, we say yes to that in Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship you.